Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 170 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment solicitor and HR specialist, and I run the firm Real Employment Law Advice, where we provide advice and assistance to employers and employees all over the UK. So no matter where you're based, as long as it's relating to the law of England and Wales, then we are able to advise and assist you. Now, my apologies for those of you who are regular listeners. I didn't put out an episode two weeks ago, and that's because I was on holiday. Um, it was school holidays and I just ran out of time during the holidays to put together a podcast. So my apologies. I haven't quite yet, after all these years, got to the point of having any episodes in the bag. I really am just recording them as they go out. So um, apologies for that. But hopefully we'll be back to normal service with an episode every fortnight. And in this week's episode, I'm going to start a mini series on capability and performance issues and how to manage those. So I'm going to cover off over the next couple of episodes of the podcast, how best to deal with those issues, starting with an introduction today on what I'm calling the COVID effect. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this week's featured content. Now, as I said at the outset, I am going to be covering off a mini series on how to deal with performance and capability issues. Now, the reason for this is twofold. The first is it's something that's been coming up fairly frequently recently. I know that it's something that both managers and HR professionals feel uncomfortable about dealing with how to address issues of performance and capability. Conduct issues are much easier because people are more aware of it, they understand how to deal with a disciplinary in relation to a specific conduct issue. But when it comes to capability, I know that people can feel a bit uncomfortable about talking about it and how best to approach it. So that's one of the reasons. And the second reason is, as I was alluding to, is something I'm calling the COVID effect. Now, I might already have been a term coined by others, Um, I don't know. But in essence, I think that There are going to be a number of things taking place as businesses start to return to more normality and more normal working and the world essentially, or the UK at least, returns to some sense of normality as we move into the spring and summer with the vaccine rollout and the possibility of restrictions being lifted altogether. So I think that what I'm saying here is that COVID and what's been going on for the last year and a bit may have an impact on how employees perform and their attitude and behaviour when they return to work. So what do I mean by this? Well, there is, of course, the potential long-term impact of furlough and reduced working time. So particularly for those people who may have been out of work for a significant period of time or have been working at reduced hours, you know, for over a year in some cases, it's going to be quite difficult for them to get back up to speed going from much lower working hours or in some cases zero to full working and full speed again. So there's going to be that long-term impact that furloughs had on them. There's going to be 
an element of COVID fatigue amongst your workforce. And that goes for those members of staff who have both been furloughed or flexibly furloughed and those who have continued to work during this time. I know for a fact that I'm feeling COVID fatigue, having sort of been working non-stop solidly with everything that's been going on and everything you've had to deal with over the last year or so. There is an element of COVID fatigue that I think you need to be aware of amongst all your staff. Then you've got this element of resentment of colleagues and others. So for those people who have been working throughout uh, lockdowns and periods of furlough, there may be some resentment on their part that their colleagues, or not even necessarily colleagues in the same business, but other people have had uh, lots of what they see as lovely time off at home being paid 80%. So there may be an element of resentment if you're bringing people back into the workplace particularly. Also, we're hearing a lot, aren't we, in the news about people who have developed a new outlook on life as a result of what's happened this last year. It's given people a bit of a wake-up call and the changes mean that some people are re-evaluating the way they live their lives, what they want out of life. So you may find that you have employees who are returning to work or who are starting to think about different ways of working and what they want out of life. So they may not necessarily want to continue in the job role anymore and may be looking to pastures new. Then you've got potential changes to your business as a result of COVID and that could be short term in relation to changes you're having to make because of COVID restrictions or it could be long term because of you know changes to the way that you're working that have come about. There are a number of reasons related in my view to the lockdowns, to COVID, to furlough that may impact on performance and capability issues as employees are starting to return to work. So that's another reason for discussing it now and bringing it to the forefront of your mind really as you're starting to potentially bring people back in and get back up to speed with the full workforce and full complement of work required. And I say this because I think it's important to acknowledge and recognise that even for a short period of time, things may be different. Maybe people are thinking differently. People may need more time to transition back into work. So if you are looking at performance and capability issues, it may be that you decide that you have a, a grace period where people are retraining or just learning systems again before you start looking at those sort of performance and capability measures that you might have done ordinarily. So where do you start then when it comes to capability and performance management of staff? Now if you've taken into consideration all of the things I've just talked about in relation to returning from furlough and COVID etc and taking all of that you do decide that there is a potential issue that you need to address with a member of staff about their performance or capability. When we're talking about capability and performance here this is in relation to for example somebody not meeting their targets or somebody not fulfilling the requirements of their role to the level or standard that's required of them. We are distinguishing this from conduct issues Now, conduct issues could be where somebody is late for work, someone fails to follow a legitimate management instruction, or a really easy one of this is they swear at a colleague and the colleague complains about it. Those are conduct issues. Capability issues are, as I said at the outset, more difficult often for people to deal with because they may not be as prominent or as easy to recognise but maybe sort of slow burning issues around the way that they're undertaking their job role. 
So the first thing you need to do is to start by looking at yourself. Look at you as the uh, manager or if you're looking at this from the perspective as HR professional or, or another manager, what has the employee's manager been doing? And look at that first. Don't look at the employee, look at exactly what's been going on with you. So what I mean by this is, does the employee actually know what is required or expected of them? Have you made it clear what isn't required and do they understand that? Have you been clear about your expectations? Do your expectations for the employee and the job role match that of the employee? Sometimes we can be coming at things where we think we're coming at it from the same way and the same view and we're communicating effectively to the employee, but they might be looking at it completely differently. So really analyse yourself. At what point in time have you set out to them what is required and expected of them? And have you been clear? And this brings me on to the next point, which is thinking about, does the employee know how to do the job? Have you told them how to do the job? Have you shown them how to do the job in relation to what you're requiring of them and what your expectations are? So have they had sufficient training in the first place? Or are you expecting something from them when actually you haven't met your obligations as their manager or employer? And then look at whether they have a disability, whether that's declared to you or whether you have identified that there might be a potential disability issue there. And or do they need additional support for any reason? Think about what's been going on in their life. Think about what's been happening. And do you think that this is related to something else? Obviously, without going into that conversation with them, but really have a think about it before you launch yourself into a full-blown capability procedure. Now, the reason I say start with you is because in my experience... As I was saying, quite often what happens is either the manager hasn't told the employee what they want them to do or they haven't been clear enough so that the employee understands fully what is required of them. So you may have an expectation of them in your mind and you may be thinking they're not meeting that, but in their mind they might be thinking, well, everything's hunky-dory, I'm doing exactly what I've been told to do by their perception. So really start with that point before you move on to the next stage. Then the next thing to do before even starting a conversation with the individual is to undertake some preparation. So you've been through those questions, the stage one, focusing on you as the manager. And the second stage is the preparation. So what exactly is the issue? Can you sufficiently define what the issue is when you come to talk to the employee? Now, It is okay to say that there's general issues in relation to their work, but you would be better off having something more tangible to talk about and something specific that you can say in relation to their performance and capability that you want improved. Then you need to think about whether this is the first time this is an issue that has arisen or has the same issue arisen before and been dealt with or not dealt with? Is it something that's recurring that you need to think about? And again, looking at what we were talking about earlier, are there any external factors that could be the reason for the individual's reduction in their performance? Is there anything that you know that's going on? A good manager really knows their employees, knows their staff, and will be able to see 
whether something has changed for them and whether their potentially their attitude or behavior has changed and and would have hopefully already undertaken a dialogue in relation to what they've identified as changing but if not you know really think about it what could be the reason for this and then the final question I would ask myself as the manager is when you have a discussion with the employee about their performance or capability is this going to be the first time that they've heard about it So will it come as a surprise to them when you start the conversation? In my experience, the number one reason why employees start the grievance process or go off sick or resign and try to claim constructive unfair dismissal when it comes to discussions about performance is because it comes to them as a complete surprise. In their mind, for whatever reason, they think that they're doing perfectly fine. The manager hasn't had an opportunity to discuss it with them. It's not been brought to their attention. As far as they're concerned, everything is great. And then as soon as this conversation about performance or capability starts, they become very aggrieved very quickly because they've gone from what they think is an excellent job to being told actually you're completely underperforming. And it's that surprise element that, in my opinion, causes the most issue. So coupled with the surprise element is the mismatch, if you like, of expectations. So that's where I was going back to what I was talking about earlier. Your expectations or your view on their performance may be very different to theirs. And that's the second reason why people can become upset or raise a grievance or even allege that their employer is bullying them because as again as far as they're concerned they're doing perfectly well so really think about it have you had an opportunity in the past to address these issues and again looking at it from their expectations to yours do they match what is required in relation to the job and then the step 3 in starting the performance management or capability process in my view is to then revisit the question of whether this needs to be an informal or a formal process and so again I would start with will this be the first time you've discussed it with them so if this is the first time you've ever discussed a performance or capability issue with an employee in my view then you should start with an informal discussion. I don't think it's reasonable to launch straight into a formal process if the employee has no idea that you have an issue with their performance. So I would start with an informal discussion. And what I mean by an informal discussion is a conversation, a conversation around what their job role is, what's required of them, why things might not be going well, why you think things aren't going well, what the employee thinks and just really open that dialogue about what's required and why there is a potential issue. So that's the informal discussion. It's really a conversation. You can, of course, keep a note of that conversation for future reference and you should include what is required in a follow-up to that individual. So although it's informal, you can say to them afterwards, we discussed X, Y and Z you're not meeting your target. These are the things that I want you to do to try to achieve it. And this is the way we're going to work together to get you up to speed. 
So that's the informal side of it. Now going back to looking at step three, whether it's informal or formal, if this isn't the first time that you've discussed it with them and you have already had an informal discussion, the next question to ask yourself is, do you think a formal process is reasonable at this stage? So looking at it objectively, do you think it would be reasonable uh, as the manager, um, employer to start the formal process? And do you think you're going to get what you need out of the employee by starting the formal process? Or is the individual someone who would respond much better to an informal process? Going back to what I was saying earlier about disputes arising, oftentimes when somebody is questioned about their performance or capability, if they don't agree, which in I'd probably say 95% of the time they tend not to agree, then it can lead to the individual raising a grievance, falling out with their manager, or even going off sick or resigning. So really think about, is it reasonable to start at this stage? And are you going to get what you want out of the employee by starting the formal process? And if the answer to those is yes, then you start the formal capability process. If the answer to that is no, then I would have another informal discussion with the employee and set out measurable timescales for improvement. Again, just taking it that step further by reiterating what is required of them and making sure that they understand. So even getting them to repeat it back to you and then following up in writing to make sure that they fully understand what is required by what timescale. And they understand the consequences of not doing so. So the consequences for that would be, therefore, the formal process will start of capability or performance improvement plans. So just to recap there then, the starting points in relation to performance or capability issues with employees is really looking at yourself, that's step one. Step two is preparation. And step three is deciding which process you need to follow with that individual to get the best out of them. Will it be informal, i.e. having a conversation and exploring the issues further, setting out a timescale, or will it be following the formal capability process? What I'm going to be covering off in the next few episodes is how to go through the formal capability process and how you can get the best out of employees from that, but then also what you would need to do in the event that you are unable to get an employee to the standard required and you have to go down the route of dismissal. Those will follow in the next episodes. But of course, if you have any questions about capability or performance or anything you want covered off in the podcasts about this, then please do not hesitate to get in touch. My email is alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk. You can always telephone the office for a free initial telephone call with one of my colleagues Our telephone number in the head office is 01983-897-003. Just quickly before I sign off, and I know I've talked about this in previous episodes, and thank you to those of you who listen to the podcast and who have subscribed to our YouTube channel. It's just to let you know that the podcasts are being put onto YouTube So you can listen via YouTube if you wish to. But we are also producing some quite entertaining videos about employment law which you may find useful or helpful um, or hopefully entertaining at least 
So I would be grateful if you go over to our YouTube channel, which you can find by searching on YouTube, Real Employment or Advice and subscribing. It really does help us out and hopefully you'll find the content helpful as well. Finally, before I go, just a reminder, if you do listen to the podcast and you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, please do so. I will be doing some LinkedIn live events in the near future and I very much look forward to bringing you another podcast about capability and performance in two weeks time. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the week and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.